Welcome to Sleep Tight Relax. Our sleep story tonight is about spring chickens. It is that time of year, and I am hearing a lot about chickens hatching. In our story, the farm has a new owner, and the fowl are not convinced that the man, as they call him, knows what he is doing. He goes to town and brings home a fat table, box, and some eggs. The fowl don't understand why the man would bring eggs home from town when he lives on a farm and could get eggs from the hens. They feel he just doesn't know enough about farming to even be a farmer. He takes the eggs that he brought and marks them with a red and black mark. And then he checks them every day or so with a light. What is he up to? Some of the hens decide to hide their eggs and try to get some chicks from them. But the man always finds them. The end of this story has a surprise for one of the hens. Before we continue with our story, let's first make sure you are cozy and comfortable. Turn off the lights, silence notifications, find your comfortable place, your place to relax, or your favorite position in bed. Wiggle around a little bit and make yourself comfortable. This is your safe place, a place where you can relax and sleep, where you feel warm and cozy, and you get to return to this place at the end of each day. Now I would like you to take a deep breath. Breathing in slowly through your nose and slowly out through your mouth. Breathe in and breathe out. Notice how relaxing it feels as you release the breath and your body sinks deeper and deeper into your mattress. Breathe in and breathe out. As you breathe out, imagine the excitement of the day flowing away. 
Breathe in. Hold it there. And breathe out. You are becoming relaxed, calm, peaceful. Close your eyes if you'd like as we listen to tonight's story. The first spring chickens are hatched. It was only a few days after the new family settled in the house that the man drove out from town with a strange-looking, box-like thing in his light wagon. This he took out and left on the ground beside the cellar. And when he unharnessed Brownie and let him loose in the pasture, he came back and took the crate off from the box. Then the poultry who were standing around saw that it was not at all an ordinary box. Indeed, as soon as the man had fastened a leg to each corner, they thought it rather more like a fat table than a box. While the man was examining it, he kept turning over the pages of a small book which he took from some place inside the table. The geese thought it quite a strange habit of the man's, this looking at books when he was at work. They had never seen the farmer do so, and they did not understand it. When geese do not understand anything, you know, they always decide that it is very silly and strange. There are a great many things which they do not understand. So, of course, there are a great many things which they think are extremely silly. The little girls and their mother stood beside the man as he looked at the book and the fat new table. He said something to one of them and she went into the house. When she came out, she had a small basket full of eggs. The man took some and put them into one part of the table. Then he took them out again and put them into the basket. That bothered the brown hen who was watching it all. I am always fair, she said and I am willing to say that I have been treated very well by this man, very well indeed. But it is most distressing and unpleasant to a sensible fowl like myself to have to see so much foolishness on a farm where I have spent my life. Then why don't you close your eyes? Asked the Shanghai rooster with his usual rudeness. And after that, the brown hen could say nothing more. 
This was a great relief to the barred Plymouth Rock hen, who did not at all understand what was going on, but would have tried to defend the man if the brown hen had asked her about it. After a while, the woman helped the man carry the strange-looking object into the cellar. And then the poultry strolled off to talk it all over. They heard nothing more about the fat table until the next morning. Then the gander, who had been standing for a long time close to the cellar, waddled off towards the barn with the news. They use that table to keep eggs in, he said. Now, isn't that just like the man? I saw him put in a great many eggs, and he took them out of little cases which he brought from town this morning. I don't see why a man should bring eggs out from town, and he can get plenty in the barn by hunting for them. Do you? He won't find any of mine in the barn, said a hen turkey. I lay one every day, but I never put them there. When she had finished speaking, she looked around to see if the gobbler had heard her. Lucky he had not. If he had, he would have tried to find her eggs. That was not the only silly thing that the man did said the gander, who intended to tell every bit of news he had, in spite of interruptions. Probably not, said the white rooster, who was feeling badly that morning, and so thought the world was all wrong. No, indeed, said the gander, raising his voice somewhat, so that the poultry around him might know he had news of importance to tell, No, indeed, the man marked every egg with a sort of stick which he took from his pocket. It was sharp at both ends, and sometimes he marked it with one end and sometimes the other. He put a black mark on one side of each egg and a red mark on the other. Red, exclaimed the gobbler. Ugh. Yes, red, said the gander. But the worst and most ridiculous part of it all was when he lit a little fire in something that he had and fastened it onto the table. What a shame, cried all the geese together. It will burn those eggs, and every fowl knows that it takes time to get a good lot of them together. He may not have thought of that. He cannot know very much, or he probably never lived on a farm before. He may think that eggs are to be found in barns, like stones are found in fields. All this made the barred Plymouth Red Hen very sad. She could not help believing what she had heard, and still she hoped they might yet find out that the man had a good reason for marking and then burning up those eggs. She was glad to think that none of hers were in the lot. She was not saving them for chickens just then, but she preferred to think of them as being enjoyed by the little girls or the fat baby who lived in the house. 
she decided to begin saving for a group of chickens at once. She wanted to say something kind about the man or explain what he was doing when he lit that fire. However, she could not. So she just kept her bill tightly closed and said nothing at all. This also showed that she was a fine hen, or the best people would rather say nothing at all about others than to say unkind things. It was a long time before the friendly barred Plymouth Rock hen knew what was going on in the cellar. She was greatly discouraged about the man. She had tried as hard as she could to make the other poultry believe in him and had thought she was succeeding. But now this foolishness about the fat table and the eggs seemed likely to spoil it all. She found a good place for laying in a corner of the carriage house on some old bags. And there she put all her eggs. She had decided to raise a group of chickens and take comfort with them, leaving the man to look out for himself as well as he could. She still believed in him, but she was greatly discouraged. Several of the other hens also found nests and began filling them. So on the day when the man hunted very thoroughly for eggs and found these hidden nests, taking all but one egg from each, there were five very sad hens. You might think they would have been discouraged, yet they were not. A hen may become discouraged about anything else in the world, but if she wants to sit, she sticks to it. That very day was an exciting one in the cellar. When the man came down after breakfast to look at the eggs in the fat table, he found them all as he had left them. With the black marked side uppermost, he took them out to air for a few minutes and then began putting them back with the red marked side uppermost. As he lifted them, he often put one to his ear or held it up to the light. He had handled the eggs over in this way twice a day for about three weeks. A few of them had small breaks in the shell, and through one of these breaks, there stuck out the tiny beak of an unhatched chicken. When he found an egg that was cracked, or one in which there seemed to be a faint tap-tap-tapping, he put it apart from the others. When this was done, the man ran up the inside stairs. In a few minutes, he returned with the baby in his arms and the rest of the family following. The woman had her sleeves rolled up and flour on her apron. The little girls were dressed in the plain blue frocks which they wore except when they went to town. Then, 
all five of them watched the cracked eggs and saw the tiny chickens who were inside chip away the shell and get ready to come out into the great world. The woman had to leave first for there came a hissing, bubbling sound from the kitchen above, which made her turn and run upstairs as fast as she could. Then, what a time the man had. The baby in his arms kept jumping and reaching for the struggling chickens, and the two little girls could hardly keep their hands away from them. Let me help this one get out of his shell, said the brown-haired little girl. It is so hard for such small chickens. No, said the man, and he said it very patiently, although they had already been begging like this for some time. No, you must not touch any of them. If you were hens, you would know better than to want to do such a thing. If you should take the shell off for a chicken, he might not make it, or he might be a very weak little fellow. Before long, each will have a fine round doorway at the large end of his shell, through which he could easily slip out. Some of the chickens worked faster than others, and some had thin shells to break, while others had quite thick ones. So when the first chicken was safely out, many had not even poked their bills through. As soon as the first one was safely hatched, the man took away the broken shell and closed the fat table again. Then he waved his hat at the little girls and said, shoo, shoo, until they laughed and ran outside. All that day, there were tiny chickens busy in the incubator. That was what the man called the fat table. Working and working and working to get out of their shells. Each was curled up in a tight bunch inside, and one would almost think that he could not work in such a position. However, Each had his head curled under his left wing and pecked with it there. Then, too, as he worked, each pushed with his feet against the shell and so turned very slowly around and around inside it. That gave him a chance, you see, to peck in a circle and so break open a round doorway. As they came out, the chickens nestled close to each other or ran around a bit and got acquainted, talking in soft little cheep, cheep, cheeps. They were very happy chickens, for they were warm and had just enough light for eyes that had seen no light at all until that day. It is true that they had no food, but one does not need food when first hatched. So it is not strange that they were happy. It is also true that they had no mother, yet even that did not trouble them, 
for they knew nothing at all about mothers. Probably they thought that chickens were always hatched in incubators and kept warm by lamps. The next morning, when the barred Plymouth rock hen was sitting on her one egg in the carriage house, thinking sadly of her friend the man, the same man came slowly up to her. The little girls were following him. They wanted very much to see what he was about to do. The man knelt in front of the sitting hen and gently uncovered the basket he held. The hen could hardly believe her ears, for she heard the soft cheep, cheep, cheep of newly hatched chickens. She tried to see into the basket. There, there, said the man, I have brought you some children. Then he lifted one at a time and slipped it into her nest until she had 12 beautiful downy white chickens there. Well, 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 clucked the hen, and she could not think of another thing to say until the man had gone off to the barn. He had taken her egg, but she did not care about that. All she wanted was those beautiful chickens. She fluffed up her feathers and spread out her wings until she covered the whole 12. And then she was the happiest fowl in that place. The man came back to put food and water where she could reach both without leaving her nest. And even then she could think of nothing to say. After he went away, a friend came strolling through the open doorway. This hen was also sitting, but had come off the nest to stretch her eggs and find food. It was a warm spring day, and she felt so certain that the eggs would not chill that she paused to chat. Such dreadful luck, she cackled. You must never try to make me think that this man is friendly. He has left me only one of the eggs I had laid, and now I have to start all over for a group of chickens, or else give up. The worst of it is that I feel as though I could not lay any more for a while. Don't be discouraged, said the barred Plymouth Rock Hen. I had only one egg to sit on last night, and this morning I have a whole group of chickens. Where did they come from? Asked the visiting hen in great excitement. That is what I don't know, replied the happy mother. The man brought them to me just now and put food and water beside my nest. I have asked and asked them who their mother was and they say I am the first hen they ever saw. Of course, that cannot be so for chickens are not blind at first like kittens, but it is very strange that they cannot remember about the hen who hatched them. They say that there were many more chickens where they came from, but no hen whatsoever. 
the white rooster stood in the doorway. Do you know where my chickens were hatched? asked the Plymouth Rock Hen. Do I know? he said, pausing to loosen some mud from one of his feet. He did not understand the feelings of a mother, or he would have answered at once. I saw the man bring a basket full of chickens over this way a while ago. He got them from the cellar. The door was opened and I stood on it. Of course, I was not hanging around to find out what he was doing. I simply happened to be there. You understand. Yes, we understand all about it, said the hens, who knew the white rooster as well as anybody. I happened to be there, he repeated, and I saw the man take the chickens out of the fat table. There was no hen in sight. It must be a machine for hatching chickens. I think it is dreadful if the chickens on this farm have to be hatched in a cellar without hens. Everything is going wrong since the farmer left. The barred Plymouth Rock hen and her visitor looked at each other without speaking. They remembered hearing the white rooster talk in that way before the farmer left. He was one of those fowls who are always unhappy. I am going back to my nest, said the visiting hen. Perhaps the man will bring me some chickens too. The barred Plymouth Rock hen sat on her nest in the carriage house, eating and drinking when she wished, and cuddling her children under her feathers. She was very happy and thought it a beautiful world. I would rather have had them gray, she said to herself, but if they couldn't be gray, I prefer white. They are certainly Plymouth Rock chickens anyways, and the color does not matter if they are good. She stood up carefully and took a long look at her family. I couldn't have hatched out a better group myself, she said. It is a strange thing for tables to take to hatching chickens. But if that is the way it is to be done on this farm, it will save me a great deal of time and be a good thing for my legs. It is lucky that this man came here. The farmer who left would never have thought of making a table sit on eggs and hatch them. Sleep tight.